Hello and welcome to another episode of the Overcoming Life Podcast. I am your host, Nashawn Garrett. Most of you guys know me from TikTok and, well, I am glad to be on another episode with you guys. Uh, learning about the scriptures and learning about the, well, appointed times of the Lord. We are in the book of Romans and there's much to learn in this book. There's many foundations that Paul has laid down. We had just talked about uh, how the overcomers from past ages could not be perfected apart from us in the same way that we cannot be perfected apart from them. That we have to enter the promised land together at the appointed time known as the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, we are subject to time. That is the appointed times of the Lord's. And we are also individuals who are learning to put to death the old man and to follow the spirit. Can we obtain perfection? I'm not exactly sure if we can, but we foregoing beyond an imputed righteousness and sanctification is still beyond our own experience. That is to say, we have imputed righteousness, we are receiving sanctification, but there's still more to come. So it's difficult to teach excuse me, difficult really to teach beyond our own experience. I've never experienced a perfected life, so I don't know what that will look like or how it will look um, or how it will feel or how it will sound. Um, And my experience is quite limited, so I don't exactly know the full extent to which, how much our authority can be exercised, what it will look like, what we look like Jesus, what we look like the apostles. And we're still learning in, in different areas of our life as we as we come into it. But there is much more, guys, to look forward to. Um, I don't think that immortality can be achieved by progressing into perfection. That is to say, um, yes, we are being sanctified, but uh, that sanctifying work obviously is taking place in our whole life. And I, I don't believe that as we come into a more perfect place that... Um, that we will get immortality, like, you know, oh, my finger is immortal, you know, it doesn't die, and because I'm more perfect in this way. Um, but, again, we go back to these ideas of the appointed times, and they apply to the historic fulfillments as, um, as well as collectively uh, individual, and as us as individuals, and us as uh, many-membered many body. The new creation is a body of people. When you become a new creation, you become a part of a body. And it cannot be complete until each person has had his or her opportunity to live and mature as an individual. So we are here to live the resurrected life. And now, um, by the power of the imputed righteousness, but there is also an appointed time in history for a group resurrection. Um, That is to say, people aren't just resurrected individually. There is going to be a group resurrection. And um, again, you guys, there is a first resurrection. There's a second resurrection. Not every believer who has been justified by faith will rise in the first resurrection. Only those uh, who have been sanctified will rise in the first resurrection, who are allowing the sanctifying work of, of the Holy Spirit to take place in their lives, in which they are putting off the old man, putting on the new man, and being conformed to the image of the one who created them. So, I fully believe that uh, Paul, well, in God, uh, well, let's take a look at Romans chapter 8. Paul wrote in this Romans 8, verse 11, excuse me, that he 
who raised Christ Jesus from the dead, will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. And I believe he fully intended that we appropriate this life-giving spirit here and now. We are to live by the spirit, guys. And even though we recognize that we are in a time of growth and development, um, we are, we are mostly on, on the job. We are, this is training. This growth and development is, um, is about this is training. In other words, we are to exercise the spiritual authority that is available to us right here, right now, and be a good steward of those things. So, um, we're going to be talking a little bit about time here, guys. Um, as far as our intellect is concerned, understanding time is what makes us different than animals. An animal's understanding of time is limited of their own lifetime. They have no concept of previous generations. They don't write any history books. They have no concept of an afterlife. And so they make no preparations or preparations beyond their own lifetime. Squirrels, they store nuts for winter. Bears uh, bury food for a future meal. But they are nothing and they care nothing beyond their lifespan. On the other hand, we learn history as humans and work for the good of our children and our grandchildren. We even prepare according to our understanding of the afterlife. This is civilization, and it is based upon our ability to understand time. It is a divine gift to mankind that allows us to go beyond our little world of experience and to think non-selfishly of others that we may never meet personally. We are dumbed down when our sense of time is eroded. Atheists who have a sense of history but reject the idea of an afterlife are partially reduced to the level of animals. Even as Darwin taught, Christians who do not understand the doctrine of the ages are likewise at a disadvantage. If we don't understand the doctrine of ages, guys, we are at a, at a very large disadvantage in understanding um, historically how things are being uh, happening and what will happen. Um, and we won't be really able to comprehend the divine plan fully on a full scale. Those who are enclosed within themselves and remain with, with their own separate world of personal feeling and experience are, to that extent, mentally ill and unable to enjoy the human experience. And this, uh, this life that we're speaking of in Romans chapter 8, verse 11, this indwelling spirit um, it is a way of life, guys. It's a it's personal and it's outward. Um, and one, we have to have a we have to have a sound and balanced outlook on life. You don't um, abolish one part of life for another part of life, but but each one is enhancing uh, its the other one. We have the inward experience and the outward experience uh, of time. The outward. Uh, looking concept of time and the inward experience of time and so for this reason paul speaks of an, an aeonian life in romans chapter 5 verse 21 and romans chapter 6 verse 23 the emphatic diaglot said that it is age lasting life it is not merely immortality but life in a particular period of time between two resurrections the first resurrection the second resurrection and those who attain to the first resurrection will receive life immortality at that in this age and they will have a better quality of life for that thousand year reign they won't die and they will reign with christ 
over the others who were not so blessed to have received that immortal, immortality and that immortal life. But in Romans chapter 8, verse 11, Paul be, went beyond this to say that even today in our mortal bodies, we have the potential to experience that future way of life to the extent that we grow to maturity and are able to exercise the authority that we have been given today as we reign with Christ now. So our spiritual growth is time dependent, guys. It's um, it's potentially immediate, but experientially dependent upon putting to death the deeds of the body. So we can appropriate this quality of life even today. You want this this wonderful spiritual life. Um, you don't need to wait for the future. In fact, growth brings us nearer to that future time of maturity. But growth is by definition time dependent. Growth is largely a matter of on-the-job training, which means that we are to learn and practice skills that will be perfected by usage over time. So we don't just sit around and wait for the future to happen. Whenever the Father sends us um, to locations, whenever he speaks to us, whenever he gives us a revelation, we want to be good stewards of the word that we are given, guys. In Romans chapter 8, verse 14, we see that all who are led by the Spirit, or being led by the Spirit of God, are the sons of God. And um, this goes beyond just biblical learning, guys. We have to show signs in our life of life of the Spirit and growth and maturity. Learning the Bible is extremely helpful, but only if it is applied and translated in practical experience. God called his son out of Egypt. We see this in Hosea 11.1, 1, where Israel was a youth. I loved him, and out of Egypt I called him my son. And this son, Israel, was led, uh, the people of Israel, that is to say, was led by his spirit, the pillar of fire. And so also it is with us. If we are led by the Spirit of God instead of by the flesh, then we too are the sons of God. And that is the primary evidence of sonship, being led by the Spirit. Are you being led by the Spirit? Are you walking in the way uh, that God has uh, prepared for you? Are you allowing your Spirit to, to bring you into maturity? Or are you relying on the voice of other men? Are you relying on the voice of other people? Are you relying on somebody else? Are you relying on the Spirit of God? And sometimes, guys, we just need to get in line and just ask humbly, hey, can you father me? Can you lead me? Can you help me to understand your voice? And then he leads us and guides us. And, of course, he uses other people to do that. Of course, he'll use a person to speak to us or confirm a word or something like that. But we are not dependent on other people for our growth uh, in the spirit. Now we are dependent on the the spirit of God, the spirit of truth, our comforter, the one who comes from him and the indwelling spirit who gives life to our mortal bodies. This is the one whom we are dependent on, guys. So let's be dependent on him. Up until Romans chapter 8 verse 13, Paul lays foundations for one of the most important topics, sonship. He shows us how faith is the basis of justification. How sanctification is a process of learning obedience. Obedience involves putting to death the flesh and being led by the Spirit. The flesh does not subject itself to the law of God, while the mind of the Spirit serves the law of God. Hence, sanctification is the time of training in which we learn to be obedient to the laws of God. 
this time of obedience involves some discipline because discipline is one of the primary marks of being a son. And this training period is also the mark of a son who is not yet fully mature. In Galatians chapter 4, verse 1, Paul tells us that uh, sons are positionally the same as slaves while growing up into maturity. So this is a little bit of a short one, guys, and I think we're going to have to continue this um, uh, at another point in time. But thank you guys for listening, and uh, we will see you on our next episode um, on the Overcoming Life podcast, and we will talk about living as sons of God. And we'll get a little bit more in depth into that kind of thing. All right. Blessings to you and peace. Uh, See you next episode.